2: Hey Eric. So I've been thinking about something recently.
0: Oh yeah? Like what?
2: So you and our listeners heard this fictional story this season inspired by my life. It's pretty obvious that the characters, Luna and Eric, are in a toxic relationship.
0: Yeah, that was pretty clear starting right away in episode 1 when they're on a date at a club.
2: <gasps> Was just being nice. Nice? You were dancing with (gasps) them. Why
1: do you always have to make a scene? Huh? You're so embarrassing.
2: (sighs) Or, like in episode three, they're trying to get into this paddle boat and it blows up into a huge argument about their relationship. I think we should both stand. Or maybe I'll stand and you could stay down. No! It's not a schwinn. You can't pedal standing up on these. We need strength. I can get more leverage like this. We need balance.
0: Oh, you think you can just force shit. That's your problem.
2: Well, your problem is you think you're... (laughs) Uh! (laughs)
1: Uh! (laughs) See what you did?
0: Oh, yeah. That was intense.
2: Yeah, and I was thinking part of the reason it was so easy to tell that it was toxic was because it was an audio drama.
0: Exactly, and we have some distance from it.
2: So one question that keeps coming up for me is, how can you tell you're in a toxic relationship when you're actually in it?
0: Like when you're not just observing it from the outside, right?
2: Yeah, so I've decided to call up a love expert. She's going to help us answer this question how to spot when you're in a toxic relationship. And she's also going to tell us what to do if you realize you are in a toxic relationship and how to turn it around.
0: Who are we going to call?
2: Ghostbusters.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ring, ring, ring.
2: I'm Eric Glendo. I'm Megan Tan. And this is Wild. Man, I cannot believe this. Oh my God. Like, I just woke up and I just had all the money in the world. Like, I can't even believe this. Like, I even got some, uh, what's the shoes called? Christy Louis, BC's, BC's, whatever it is. is. I got a pair of my stack. I got a Louis bag, Gucci bag, Fendi bag. I got, like, everything. I got some Gucci fries. You know, i about the lens and i like, I got everything. Hey, Damona.
0: What's up, Damona? Hey, guys. Hey. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Um, we are going to be talking about love. Demona Hoffman is a dating coach who has been helping singles find love for more than 15 years. She's
0: also the host of the Dates and Mates podcast and often gives dating advice on the Drew Barrymore show.
2: She's a public speaker and has been on CNN, Headline News, BT, and Good Morning America. The very specific thing we want to talk about today is how to spot being in a toxic relationship, but also, like, how to spot being in a good relationship that sometimes has obstacles.
0: And just to give you a bit of backstory, in the show, Wild Season 2, I Think I'm Falling in Love, one of the characters that Eric is essentially in a relationship with, as we're making the script, you were, like, this relationship is toxic. Right. Yeah.
2: It's like two people who are unhappy, unhappy. And then yeah. somehow that unhappiness bonds them. That becomes their whole relationship. And that's the story we're telling on Wild season two. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to make a show that can give people the tools to see themselves, first of all, in a rom com and see that they can be in a rom com. That's more realistic and be like, yo, I'm in love with this person. But is that a good thing? Like, why am I in love with this person? And then also like, if two people bring out the worst in each other, do they need to be together, you know? <laughs> like uh, that.
1: No. Well, <laughs> <But laughs> my work what? here is done. There you go.
2: <laughs> but that is the show. Like we, we wanted to create, you know, in, in Spanish we call it La Toxica, el tóxico. It's like it's it's a very like real thing we talk about a lot in, in my community of just being like, oh. She's a Toxica, but it's almost like, it's all right. I'm comfy. That's just how she is. And they kind of accept it. And I kind of wanted to just do a show where like, maybe you don't have to accept a toxic relationship just because you're from the hood or just because you grew up hard, you know, maybe you can also have nice things even in love.
0: And because we throw the word toxic around a lot, you know, but what does that even mean? I see a lot of patterns. I
1: study the patterns and try to help people move into love more mindfully. And especially in today's world with dating apps and social media, there's a lot of toxicity that's out there that I think we hide behind that level of anonymity Mm. in dating. And not a lot of people are taking the time to do what you're doing on the show where you take a step back and even unpack, what does it mean? A toxic relationship, I would say, is any relationship where the person you're with brings out the worst version of yourself. And Mm. so when I'm working with clients, I always try to start with their own mindset. That's always the foundation. And figuring out both what you have to offer in a relationship and then also, what do you want in a relationship? What would make you feel full and whole in a relationship so that we can come at it both from the internal and the external perspective.
2: Mm. Mm. That's very smart.
0: And so if you, let's say if you don't do that, though, when you say there's a lot of toxicity out in the world or in dating right now, what does that look like? It
1: looks like people not considering the other person in their actions, their words, their behaviors. And I've been married now 16 years, and I feel like my husband, every day, inspires me to be the best version of myself. I want to be better for him, and he makes me better out in the world. And I want that for everybody, because I used to be very cynical about love. I had some toxic relationships. I had situations that I felt out of control Mm -hmm. in the relationship. And what I aim to do is give people that feeling of control back of, you know, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can choose who you invite into your life and how you interact with them. You can't always control what they do, mm-hmm. but you can control how you let it affect you and how much of it that you allow in.
0: When we come back, Demona tells us how to spot a toxic relationship. Wild will be back after this break.
2: Imagine if you could charge your electric vehicle at the places you already love to eat, shop, and play. Whether you're at the movies, on your weekly grocery trip, or running errands at your local mall, Volta EV charging stations are built around your day-to-day and located in your community and nationwide. All you have to do is check in, plug in, and go about your day. It's EV charging made convenient. Download the Volta app to find your new favorite place to charge.
0: Hi, I'm Tracy
1: Thomas, host of One for the Books, and we are back for another round.
2: This is clearly an NPR
1: audience. (laughs) Yeah, I think they're so smart. What the hell? My guests this time are actor Vella Lavelle and author Amanda Montel, whose new book, The Age of Magical Overthinking, is out now. Join us on May 15th at the Crawford Family Forum for book talk, trivia, and hot takes. Tickets can be found at laist.com slash events. Now, back to the show.
2: One of the things that I, I kind of grew up with, this idea that like unconditional love meant accepting the good and the bad. So sometimes I think when I was in relationships in the past, it was like, yeah, this person gets really mean when something bad happens to her at work, but that's part of the person I love. So I just have to accept it. And I didn't really think that maybe wasn't good. It's like, how do you balance that like, idea of like accepting people for their flaws at the same time? respecting yourself, you know, and not have someone be mean to you when they have a bad day? It's very tough. And this is why
1: I have a job as a dating coach because a lot of our behaviors, they're learned. Whether it's through our own experiences and in a particular relationship, we teach people how to treat us. And then through our family of origin, through the media we take in, the relationship role models around us, those imprint on us. So we're all just playing out these scripts in a way, mm. and a lot of time it takes decisive action if you want to change the script. And of course, the longer that you're in a relationship where you just accept, well, that's just how it is, the harder it is to write the ship. But I feel like it always can be improved mm. if you're willing to be open and honest and express yourself. And sometimes that improvement means the relationship gets better if the other person wants to change. But sometimes that improvement is I'm better. I'm more whole. And maybe I need to move on from that relationship.
2: If like there's a couple out there listening and they're like, oh, man, these past few months, we've been really bringing out the worst in each other, that they could write that ship. They can. But it
1: does take both people being willing to come to the table. And that's where we see a lot of challenges in long-term relationships is one person is ready for a change or one person has set the script and the rules to to work in one way that works for them and it's not working for the other person. Hmm. And it takes a lot of courage to even go through this experience and to really express yourself and say, I don't like the way I feel. And it's also in the way that you express yourself. Like I try to have my clients sandwich something good on either end of the tough pill that the person has to swallow. Right. And it, when you can do that, that helps you stay in your truth. But if you're so worried that you're going to say something that's going to make the other person run away, or they're not going to be able to do it, or they're just going to yell at you, and then you're not
0: speaking your truth, you're just stuck in a cycle that can never end. As a dating coach, what are the red flags, so to speak, of a relationship that has toxicity in it? I know everyone wants red flags. <laughs> we're, now like, we're like, let's check our teeth me. in
1: something. Yeah. Yes or no? Yeah. Red or green? Which yeah. one is it? And there's a lot of what Yellow? they call pink flags oh, now. What are pink, pink flags? Pink flags are just somewhere. They sound it's like cute. kind of, they're cute. They're and kind of like Valentine. They're like, Valentine. <laughs> they're like yeah, I don't know if it's a red flag or not. Um, and every relationship is different. So right. I'm cautious about giving people definitive red flags. But the bottom line, it's all about how do you feel when you're with this person? If that person feels like a black hole that sucks up all of your energy, you got to do something about it. You want your relationship, not all the time is your relationship going to feel like sunshine and rainbows and flowers. (laughs) But overall, over time, the relationship should elevate you more than it brings you down. And for all of my clients, I have them focus on four pillars of long-term compatibility.
2: Oh, I like this. So here we go. <laughs> we love codifying. Solve this for us, and please, Simona. In, 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 a, in a
1: list way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you a list, and then there's okay. going to be a lot of questions and gray okay. areas and pink flags. But first of all, you have to have trust. And trust, that is something that has to be built over time. And is very difficult to repair once it is broken. Mm. You have to have communication and conflict resolution. You have to have shared values, meaning you look at the world in the same way. Mm. And you may have different belief systems, but you respect the other person's perspective. And you you move through the world in the same way. And then you have to also have shared goals for the future. Hmm. And that was kind of the first red flag in Wild is the goals for the future were going in different directions. And cracks in any of those four pillars can illuminate problems in the the other three.
2: That makes a lot of sense. You know, even in the first episode, that one person is moving and the other person just loves L.A. so much, they don't want to leave. Immediately, a big obstacle. I'm moving to Milwaukee. What? Yep. I got the job. What
0: job? The job. You're looking at the newest anchor for YWCC News, baby. I'm going to be the face of Milwaukee's leading news source. What? And when we... Why didn't you tell me? Mm -hmm. And also communication. Because oh yeah yeah Luna f- does not really communicate to Eric.
2: I do feel like the communication one is like everybody talks about it, but what does good communication even mean? I'm always like, I think I over communicate. I think I'm a, like an overshare. I think sometimes I get into situations where there's a lot of misunderstandings, and like I didn't know that, or you should have said something. Is there such thing as over-communication? There is such a thing as
1: over-communication, and there's such a thing as under-communication, and that's specific to you and your partner. (laughs) But that's why it's so important that you get clear on what you want before you engage in the conversation with your partner, because it's very easy to get swayed. And then a lot of times when I see people over-communicating— it's because either they don't know what they're trying to say Hmm. or they're trying to convince the other person or they're trying to convince themselves. So sometimes, I'm not saying you do it, but the first step is really getting clear yourself. And then the next step is when you engage in the conversation to really listen. So many times we're just waiting for our
0: turn to speak. I see that with people I know. I'm like, (laughs) oh, I see you trying to double dutch. You know what I mean? Like, when's my turn? My turn. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like with my clients in the early phase of dating, I say aim for a 70-30 listening to speaking ratio on dates because when our nerves kick in, and this is also true in relationships that have been going on longer, when your nerves kick in, we tend to over talk for those reasons. And then if you aim for 70-30, you probably will net out at 50-50.
2: Oh, okay. 70 listening, 30 talking. Oh, no, I yeah. thought it was the other way around. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I could talk 70% of the time. But I was wondering, though, like, for example, you're a person that's like, I don't need to check in all the time. And you're with someone that needs to check in all the time. Is there a way to close that gap? Is that just like even more communicating about how we communicate?
1: Well, we always have to go a little bit out of our comfort zone gotcha. or our natural state <laughs> mm. to meet another person where they're at. So that's where it comes back to your partner. If your partner says, I need more communication here, or you notice conflict arises because you didn't tell your partner, oh, you're planning to move to Milwaukee, sure. and <laughs> that maybe was something that you should have discussed before, that's when you have to do the work. And that's right. where you have to meet them. But the communication, that's a big one. And that's something, again, that can't be figured out. You know, everybody's like, what are the first eight red flags? How do you know it's the one? It's like I, you have to go through it. Mm-hmm. You have to go through it and you have to go through conflict as well. that That's the other part of that pillar. It's communication and conflict resolution. Mm. So you have have you have to have had a problem right. to be able to resolve a problem. But um I'll borrow from Dr. John Gottman. He talks about this magic ratio with your partner of five positive interactions to one. The 5 to 1 magic ratio. So that's how you know if it's too much conflict. Mm. What does that mean
0: when you say 5 to 1
1: for every positive interaction you have, like your partner makes you smile, your partner says thank you, your partner gives you a hug, your partner makes eye contact, you get five of those for every one negative your partner snaps at you when they had a bad day at work. Gotcha. So there's there you go. There's more systems. <laughs> in yeah, ma- systems. In math,
2: yes, please. Math. <laughs> yeah, Demona, Demona AI <laughs> just telling us how to live our life.
0: Uh, what's the difference between... Um, A toxic relationship, though, and a difficult situation, let's say.
2: Yeah.
1: I find a lot of times when we haven't dealt with our stuff... Personally. Personally. We tend to play it out again and again in different variations in different relationships. So a lot of times that's really where the toxicity Mm. surfaces. If you start to feel like... This is familiar. I've done mm-hmm. this before. Maybe the person looked different. Maybe we we're in a different place. But I'm having the same kind of arguments that I had before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you're like, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we. that's why when at the beginning, when you were talking about toxic people mm. or toxico.
2: Toxico la toxica, yeah. To me, that's a label. I would
1: not label a person as a toxic person, but I I would label a relationship of, as a toxic relationship if it draws out those negative aspects mm. of somebody and makes them act in a way that doesn't make those around them feel safe and right. secure.
0: Mm. One of the things we talked about in the show as a theme is how we end up in these romantic loops, mm-hmm. Right you know, and and how Yeah, it's you like... Think,
2: you think, like, if I escape this person, I will have a better life, and then you're in the same loop. Like you yeah. described, different person, different shapes, Dif- but same result, yeah. yeah. I'm so
1: glad you said loops, because it sort of validates something I've been thinking about for a while. When I start my program, we always start with mindset. So I actually have identified five dating loops that when somebody... Is frustrated Mm. with dating, feeling like they're not finding the right relationship, that they're looping in one of these areas and they're going through the same thing, the same cycle, the same thought process again and again. And so mindset is just the first loop, but it may be where you're finding people. If everyone has the same mindset and that does not align with your values or your goals for the future, you're going to feel like, why do I keep repeating this thing? Or if I'm going out with people and having the same conversations, I'm not screening through to make sure that we are aligned in all those other four pillars. Mm. That's a dating loop. And then, you know, we get the most important one. The fifth one is follow through. And that's really a lot of what we're talking about in this period of discovery in a relationship that maybe maybe a few weeks, maybe a few months, maybe a few years you have to be closing the loop. Mm. And sometimes people have, have holes in several loops, right. but it does take decisive action to break out of the cycle and change. And then the question will be, how do you deal with it then? Do you right. deal with the it resolution. in the way that you've been programmed in the script that you've run for yourself? Or do you decide that is going to get you the same outcome as before? Right, you know the definition of insanity. The same thing, <laughs> right. same way. Expecting
0: different yeah. results. We're all just running around a little,
2: a little hamster wheel. Yeah. Sometimes, because I've been in, in relationships that haven't necessarily I felt were healthy, and now that I feel like I am in a healthy relationship, sometimes something will happen that will remind me of like this shit this other person used to do, and I'm like, oh man, am I in the loop? Is this just life? Those are tests. (laughs) Really, I
1: mean, life gives us these little tests. I kind of look at them as markers on your own progress, your own growth as a person in your life. When you can recognize the parallels and say, I am going to choose differently because I know that's old programming. That got this result. This is a new person, a new situation, and we can take a different path. And look, sometimes you might end up at the same place, but just that awareness of, I recognize this is a pattern. I've been here before, and I have control. Again, I can choose how I want to be in this situation right now.
2: This is why I love my job. I just learned something about myself. I'm just like, damn. What did you learn? Well, I do think sometimes, like, that'll happen to me where I'm— you my partner just said something that reminds me of this mean thing that used to trigger me in this other relationship. And then we'd go back and forth saying mean things to each other that it's really like, I'm learning that it's really on me to react differently to it and be like, this is not like that.
0: Right.
2: As opposed to being like, this is exactly like that. And I'm going to stand up for myself. It's yeah, like it's a, that a, f- fight, yes.
1: flight, or freeze that gets triggered because it, it really is a nervous system response. Like what I'm asking everybody to do, it's not the first thing you think of right. because we are reacting. We're we're going based on our, our old programming and mm-hmm. what our nervous system has told us to do. Right. So I am asking everyone to think a little bit more mindfully about how they respond and to know when their nervous system is hijacked and in that fight, flight, or freeze. Then you can say, I'm feeling triggered and I know this is not Something you're doing, this feels to me like this thing that happened. And then you and your partner can be together working to solve that.
0: Do you feel like that is how you shake out of a toxic relationship? So toxic is really the extreme. If
1: somebody brings out the worst in you and you're having a five, you're having an inverse one to five ratio That may be a situation where it is best to walk away. Mm -hmm. But if you're just in a situation where you have a lot of the foundational elements, those four pillars I was talking about, and you're just having a conflict that won't go away or that you haven't dealt with, then an action has to be taken because it's inertia. If it's more comfortable to just stay in this state of chaos than to move out to split up property, to get a divorce, to whatever it takes to untangle yourself from another person, it may be just easier to stay in it for a lot of people. But if you feel like there is something that could be improved, you have to share. You have to put your partner at the table with you Let them see your hand. (laughs) Because so many times we feel like, oh, that's weakness. If I share my vulnerability and I say what I'm really thinking and feeling, that it's going to make the person run away. It's going to cause an argument. But if you think of it from the perspective of I'm inviting you to the table. This is how I'm feeling. Or this is what I've noticed. Are you okay? Mm. And this is helpful in all relationships. I've had this situation with a good friend. And rather than say to her, hey, you're not calling me and you cancel plans. (laughs) I I was like, let me flip this. And I said, "Um, I've noticed this and I just have to ask, are you okay? And she responded, actually, I'm not. Thank you for asking. Mm. And this is all happening over text. By the way, do not do this all over text. <laughs> as much as we think it's a, a more efficient way to communicate, these kind of conversations do not happen over text. But it opened the door for a deeper conversation, and it let her know that I cared and I wanted mm. resolution. And it's good to even practice it in lower-stake situations right. than with with your partner. If you're especially if you're living together. The outcomes are very extreme, right? right? Yeah. So practice it. Practice it in your daily life. Practice finding the words at work or with your friends or with your kids. You have a much better chance if you've done the preparation to set yourself up for success in that conversation.
2: Wow. I sometimes get annoyed with my friends when they cancel plans. And I realize I've never thought about asking them like, hey, are they okay? So, I think again, I'm just learning stuff about myself right now in real life. In real (laughs) time. (laughs) This is cheaper
1: than therapy. (laughs) Yes.
2: Yes. Coming up, Damona talks about grand gestures and love bombing and why they're considered warning signs. Wild will be back after this break.
0: Hey, if you're a fan of the show and want to help spread the word, please take a second and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find us, helps the show. Subscribe and follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much. The Las Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. Now, back to the show.
2: The show is about people who are making grand gestures and are all like trying to s- solve this problem. like even if they don't realize they're in a toxic relationship, they're realizing like, oh, things are things are weird. Maybe I should ask her to move in with me. Hi. Can I get two copies of this key, please?
0: So, I don't get it. You're gonna give her a key to your place.
2: I wanted her to know that I was all in, that there was a future here with us. There's this term that I keep hearing about called love bombing. And I'm I'm like, it sounds kinda cool. I don't know, like <laughs> like just the term of it's like love, cool. love, 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 love. Here's all my love, but I can see how that could be
1: bad. (laughs) Well, because you're forgetting about the bomb part. (laughs) Right, right. So it's a lot of love, and then it's the love is withdrawn. That's the difference between love bombing and actually being loved. And also in love bombing, there's a sense of urgency to it. It's love up front that isn't really justified. I'm constantly telling people, like, you've been dating a couple months. Like, you don't actually know this person yet. And so if it feels like this person is so connected to you and is only seeing the positive Mm. aspects of the relationship or of you, it can be overwhelming. And in love bombing, almost always followed by that person pulling away, which is the most toxic Mm. and hurtful part. Because then you start to think, am I losing it? Because I thought Mm. this person was so into me and all of a sudden I'm out of their life. I'm not hearing from them at all. But when you're in a longer term relationship and you come to those conflict points, it, it is smart to look out for some of those same signs of, I have my clients look out for acceleration. Hmm. Like some now suddenly the speed has to go faster. We have to then move in together hmm. <laughs> across the country. That's a grand gesture, as you said, and that's an acceleration. Hmm. It's also if it's, it just doesn't feel connected and justified for the amount of time that you've been together. Usually these grand gestures, they do kind of tend to spectacularly implode. (laughs) Not all of the time. I know you're gonna get a bunch of people commenting and saying, Damona said it always implodes, but I have a friend who met her person and there's always a counterpoint. But what I do, I have to teach the rule and not the exception. And Surefire way is practicing slow love, and that's really taking your time to space out interactions, taking your time to make decisions. Like people always ask me about moving in together. Over 70% of couples today move in together before marriage or Mm -hmm. engagement. And a lot of times we haven't really done that in a mindful way. It's just like this person's moving or this person needs to save money on rent. So let's just make this huge life decision and then let the chips fall where they may. We'll figure it out.
0: How would people do that more mindfully?
1: Well, Megan, (laughs) I
0: do have
1: questions that I have them ask. I have them ask, first of all, why are we doing this? Why are we moving in together? Mm. And make sure that you're on the same page. Is it because we are deeply in love and we want to be together forever? Or is it because this is convenient or this is situational? Making sure you're on the same Mm -hmm. same page. And then we ask, how is this going to work? Are we moving into a new space together? You both have to have your own space and your own place to maintain your individuality as well as building the life as a couple. And then I even have people ask, like, what happens if it doesn't work out? Mm -hmm. I have these Charged discussions before they become problems. So, I haven't had more than three fights with my husband because most of the time we have discussed situations just when they are a question, a mm-hmm. challenge to be solved together. We don't wait until they become a grand gesture, huge life or death, life altering decision. Mm. So
0: those are just a few of the questions that we have. I would love to see a romantic <laughs> comedy that's all about slow love. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like over time. It's, it's going to be like a six-part miniseries. Yeah, <laughs> documentary style. Yeah. Damona, why do people like the love bombing, so much love and then pulling away, why would someone do that? To try to get love. That is at the core of everything that we're talking about.
1: We all need love, and we all crave love. No matter like how hard <laughs> gangsta you think you right, are, right, right, you need love. Even that person who's love bombing you, they're doing it in their search for love because right. they get some feeling that feels like love mm. when they're love bombing you. They get something out of it that fills that need for them and we don't always fill our needs in the healthiest way but with the tools we can learn to all get better in our pursuit of love
2: thank you very much I know, that's like, like a great ending scene. I know <laughs> that's a great ending thanks Simona
1: thank you for thinking of me and thank you for including me
0: in this uh, circle yeah. of love here yeah thank yeah. you for your wisdom
2: thank you yeah I'm tired of arguing with you all this make up and break up Simona Hoffman is a dating coach. If you want to hear more from her, she has a weekly podcast called Dates and Mates, where she discusses topics just like this. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. She also has a book coming out in January called F the Fairy Tale. Rewrite the dating myths and live your own love story. Wild is written, directed and co-hosted by me, Eric Galindo.
0: It is also written, directed and co-hosted by me, Megan Tan.
2: Megan and I created Wild together. This podcast is powered by listeners like you, donating as little as $5 a month, and we can only keep making more episodes like this one with your partnership. Support this show by donating now at las.com/join.
0: Anjali Sastry-Kirbacek is our senior producer. Kyle Chang produced and sound designed this episode. Emma Alabaster is also a producer on the show.
2: Mixing and engineering by Donald Bass. Austin Cross is our announcer. Listeners, if you want to share your wild love story, go to las.com slash wild. Wild is a
0: production of LAS Studios. This podcast is supported by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. Thanks for listening. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. Colorado River is running dry. Water may not reach millions of people.
2: So if there's no water, there's no water for everybody.
0: It's up to California's lead negotiator, a 28-year-old.
2: This is a
1: historic thing coming.
0: And six other negotiators to find a solution. I want an agreement that lessens the pain for all of us, not just some of us. Listen to Imperfect Paradise, the Gen Z water deal maker wherever you get podcasts.